Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. About to recap some Monday Night Football, a thrilling 27-14. I don't even mean that sarcastically. That game was awesome. 27-14 Steelers move to 3-4. and four. The Dolphins fall to 0-7. Oh Pittsburgh got off to a rough start, but finally overcame their issues. Mason Rudolph kind of played well. We will uh, get to that in a minute. But first... Welcome the crew, Brian Wilson, Sean Wagner, John Breach, the NFL Super Friends. What's up, fellas? Hey, Will. Hey, Brenton. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm fantastic. You know, I thought we were going to get, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, I thought we were, this game was going to be a 2, and it was like a 7. So I'm good. I'm happy. Yeah, I think it was like a six and a half, seven. That's probably right. What do you think, Sean? I think the first half was a 10 because you we just could imagine Ryan melting down um, on his couch as he sipped his herbal tea as he watched the Steelers losing to a winless team. Or like Ryan pretending he doesn't care. He's like, well, I mean, whatever. Like, season was over anyway. Like, no one, I didn't care at all. And now he's like, yeah, we beat the Dolphins. Ha <laughs> ha, we're back. 100% uh, chance. That's exactly how my evening played out. I will tell you this. As somebody who holds a Steelers to win the NFC, AFC North ticket that I had written off the second that Ben Roethlisberger went down, I feel like it's got a little bit of life. Yeah. I mean, here's what I'll say. I, I, I really, I mean, Breach can attest to this. He actually put it in our little Slack room. I said on um, one of the YouTube shows that I felt like I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins win. And, Brenton, you bring this up every year. I always write about how Tomlin's terrible against terrible teams. So 14-0 wasn't a huge shock. I wasn't happy to watch it. Don't get me wrong. And I think Sean said this at some point somewhere on the inner tubes. That interception by Mason Rudolph was one of the worst throws we've seen all season. Yeah. It wasn't great. But I, I'll just say this. 22 days ago, he got knocked out so badly that he was laying on the ground for five minutes uh, unconscious. Mm-hmm. Then they made him walk off the field. That doesn't help your recovery. I- I'm a doctor. I know about those things. So anyway, he looked a little rusty early on. He got better. I wasn't crazy about the way he played, but the defense is really good, and, and the Dolphins are terrible. The highlight for me was Brian Flores almost suplexing the, the, the official on the side of the field after they overturned that fourth down call. What are you making faces about? I don't know. I figured the highlight of you might have been one of Mason Rudolph's two touchdown passes or the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster had over 100 receiving yards after being mostly lethargic and terrible for that the entire season or the fact that you didn't lose the frickin' Dolphins. Oh, well, and they covered the Dolphins did, which I, which I thought they would do. But no, I mean, look, they're playing against a bunch of practice squad guys. So yeah, I'm glad they were to do this thing, but I, I could, I could sympathize with Brian Flores because if you ever see me at my old man soccer league, I get like that a lot and you just want to kill somebody. So I felt very strongly about Brian. I knew where he was coming from, and I give him a lot of credit for not actually putting his hands on the official. The thing is, I'm not so sure what he was angry about, but I appreciate the 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 anger in the moment, given how terrible this team is. As long as we're uh... just quick update, just want to get this out there. Sunday night, Sammy Watkins five catches, huh? 45 yards. Yes. Monday night, 
Devontae Parker, six catches, 59 yards. Ooh, it's close. He's creeping. What's the season? What's the season of? You take out that first week explosion and just give Sammy. Well, Watkins. you don't get to take out the first. No, week. I'm not going to try to take it. I think he's going to walk him down anyway. Sammy's going to get hurt. He ain't walking. Alt is out for a while. Devontae's walking him down, baby. Or Devontae's getting traded to the Patriots. And it's going to be all oh. like Donkey Kong. If he gets paid to the one more big Sammy game and you know that can happen. So yeah, well, Andy Reid can scheme up one big. Sammy Watkins isn't even one big game. He needs a 90 yard touchdown and the, and the bet's done. Right. That would involve being healthy on the field. Uh, by the way, uh, thank you to everybody who got online and left a five star review. We're going to answer some questions related to those at the end of this podcast. We saw a big burst last week. So if you listen to the podcast, if you like the podcast, if you want to help us out, uh, you know, hit up the little Apple podcast app on your phone. You can slide down. Um, you can hit the five-star button. You can also write a review if you really like it, if you're so inclined. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we also have a separate trade deadline podcast that I recorded with Jason Lockenfora, our CBS Sports NFL insider that's on the feed. And then on um, – so you're listening to this on Tuesday morning. On Tuesday evening, the trade deadline – Tuesday afternoon, the trade deadline is at 4 p.m. We're going to have an instant reaction Super Friends trade deadline podcast. And then we will have a Brady Quinn football show – that comes out on Wednesday morning. Yeah. And now look, if nothing happens, like nobody gets traded, we'll probably bail on that instant reaction. But if there's anything we're talking about, uh, we will get to that, do some winners and losers and all of that. Um, Mason Rudolph, by the way, the top fantasy performer in this, uh, in this game, 20, 20 fantasy points. What's your level of concern, Ryan, for the James Connor injury? Benny Snell went out. I obviously missed that because I tweeted about the it. injury. For Benny. What's that? Knee injury for Benny is what they said. Yeah, and we haven't heard what James Connor's injury yet was there. I don't even want to discuss the rumor. He had a great game. 23 carries, 145 yards, one touchdown. They had him out there late. Feels like they could have not done that maybe. Brent, let me just throw in. Mike Tomlin did say after the game that his shoulder AC joint injury, but he didn't say how severe it was. They had no one else to to, to run the ball because your boy Jalen Samuels out. He should be back next week. He practiced all week, but they didn't play him after the knee surgery he had a few weeks ago. Uh, you mentioned Benny Snell got hurt. And then Trey Edmonds, which is uh, Terrell Edmonds, the, the defensive back's brother. They signed up the practice squad a few weeks ago. He, he actually had a carry? Him. Did he run the ball? At the end, he, he one carry for zero yards, I think. Ryan, how do you feel about the fact that James Conner's injury came uh, with the Steelers up 13 in garbage time in the fourth quarter? That's I just explained. I literally just explained why that happened. No, but like on a scale of 1 to 10, though. Cause they have I, no I mean, else what are they supposed to do? I don't know, QB sneak, kneel it? <laughs> QB sneak, yeah, that's exactly They've never QB sneaked ever. Throw short little hook so, passes? So, Breach, your solution is to not run the healthy running back <laughs> up the middle and design play. It's to have the previously concussed backup quarterback dive headfirst into what, the pile. Duck Hodges in? That's actually you're being, you're Duck being. Hodges run the, runs the option, pitches to Mason Rudolph. Right. By the way. They could have just kneeled, as Breach said, though. They could have, but I mean, you should be able to run up the middle. It's, you guys are, this is idiotic that you're, I mean, there's a lot of things to blame Tomlin for. No running back. What are you going to do? Go ahead, Brent. Uh, Randy Fickner. Yeah. What are you doing? Why are you bootlegging Mason Rudolph on second? I don't know what that was. You're running six yards a carry and you're bootlegging the previously concussed backup quarterback. Just gets, who's, by the way, not even fast. Like, what about, uh, Booger saying, well, he's had a lot of confidence now because he's got smacked in the face and he got up from it. (laughs) He's like wobbling around. I know. I know. As long as he busted play, but that was, that was a terrible idea. As long as we're talking about idiotic coaching play calls, 
Um, and I was going to say earlier, my highlight of the game was uh, the Dolphins being in control this game in the first half and looking like they were going to go into halftime with a 14-3 to lead. And with 17 seconds left, I believe, uh, the Steelers have the ball on the 45-yard line, Dolphins 45-yard line, and they have a third and 20. Any other coach in this situation, we just talked about on yesterday's podcast that coaches inherent nature is to be conservative. You go prevent, you let them take 10 yards underneath, you make the tackle, you get into halftime or, you know, you, you, you have have to to the Hail Mary. Make, make Boswell or, kick a field goal. or they're going to have to throw a Hail Mary in the next play. So it, you know what I mean? It, it just sit down, play prevent. What does, what does Brian Flores do? A defensive coach who was calling the plays in New England last year. He does the thing in Madden, which is engage eight, which is the one play in Madden. Whenever Madden suggests it, you never pick it because it never works because you have three guys in coverage downfield and he did engage eight. Yeah. If the quarterback, if you do engage, if you do, if you do an all out blitz like that and the quarterback can even just like, like in Madden, you just need to tap the button in real life. <laughs> you just need the quarterback to lob the ball up. Deontay Johnson's waiting right there. He gets it. He walks into the end zone. Yeah. I mean, rough look. The Steelers were going to win that game. I think it was going to take a, it was going to take a lot. For Fourteen the nothing. I'll be honest. I'm sure you guys felt the same way. You weren't sure which way that game was going to go. I thought the Dolphins would win. I, I Mason thought about, Rudolph could not throw the ball forward down. The I field. thought about live betting the Dolphins plus two and a half when it was four after like a couple. Well, Mason, but Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph was two different players in the first and second half. He looked. I mean, like he still wasn't great in the second half. Those last, like they were trying to get, they were trying to really boost his confidence. You could tell, but he was like chucking the ball a little deep. Um, he, he, he just doesn't have the velocity. Like he doesn't have the velocity you'd think he would have as a downfield thrower or the accuracy. The accuracy is a bigger issue for me. I mean, he missed two guys wide open in the middle of the field, one on fourth down. I think another one on third down that like the ball is like wobbling. Like it's not even a good throw. Like was he, was he that bad at like, Oklahoma State? Surely he wasn't. No, I think part of it is that he got the, the, the dookie knocked out of him three weeks ago. So yeah. maybe he'll be better, but he hasn't been lights out this season. I mean, let's be he, had a, he had a couple good throws. Yeah. Uh, he also threw up a couple prayers where his receivers absolutely bailed him out. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson. Uh, both, I love how Breach is so bitter. Both touchdown. You know what's funny, Ryan, is that I remember when they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick uh, a couple weeks ago. And during a podcast, you were like, oh, man, I hope they only put Fitzpatrick's last name on the thing they send to the NFL office. And then they accidentally send us Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know if you remember saying that, but you joked about that. Mm-hmm. And the funniest thing is because you're bashing Mason Rudolph right now. What would the Steelers record be with Ryan Fitzpatrick? They'd be three and four. I mean, let's be honest. He's a turnover machine, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's fine. And so I'd rather have Matt Moore. I actually asked Sean about that last night over Mitch Trubisky. But Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't – he's 0-9 against the Steelers. So it's not like he's going to come in yeah, and so fix Yeah, so if he's on the Steelers, he can't play the Steelers. So we, we saw the full Ryan Fitzpatrick experience tonight, which yeah. was – usually you see it not, you know, in the same game. Usually you see it for like a three-game stretch where he looks like he's an actual viable starting quarterback in the NFL. And then the next three games you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like this guy sucks. When we saw that in the first half, which he looked fine. And then we saw it in the second half where he looked absolutely terrible. So we got the full Ryan Fitzpatrick roller coaster where he was Fitz magic at the beginning and then Fitz, Pat, Fitz tragic late. In his defense, that first interception was all on Jack Nicholson's grandsons. Hit him right in the chest, Nick O'Leary, popped straight up in the air, and that's how Fitzpatrick Minka got the first interception and started to and, and Fitzpatrick's second interception, too, was classic, was like a third and long Perfect punt inside the five yard line. The only team that doesn't make that interception, of course, the Patriots, because Devin McCourty knows to bat the ball down at the four yard line because it's going to be fourth and 16. So everyone else makes the play and you just have to live with it. Um, 
the uh, officiating. Couple of things. I don't want to. Don't want to be. Uh, look, look. It, it's a thing. Okay. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. First of all, the offensive pass interference, which I actually think might have been pass interference. Who knows? Either way, if they hadn't called it and you challenged it, it, it you don't but know. There's no challenge. They they're like, well, that's what I mean. We're gonna automatically review that to the booth. It's like, wait, I completely forgot they can do that. And they're like, and Tess points out, Joe Tessador points out, he's like, yeah, three of seven that have been automatically reviewed have been overturned, which made me think, why aren't we just automatically over, like reviewing all pass interference plays? Like if there's like instead of having the coaches challenge, it, I'm not saying all of them. I'm saying if there's one. Just make that a buzz-in only situation for the official up top. I'm like, only down for that if you buzz into John Perry, who seems to know what's going on, not Al Riveron. That's well, that's fine. I mean, somebody tweeted at me too. It was like, on the bright side, this calamity without Riveron is giving you all plenty of good talking points. Like, and that's all I could think about was like, they're like, oh yeah, uh, Al. Hey, uh, Al, can you come out here? We got we need you to look at this pass interference. And he's like. Like he's like wearing a um you've seen Costos doing those SI videos. Like I'm picturing Al Riveron in like that red robe with like a fat cigar and he's like like he's like like watching Seinfeld in a couch in like the NFL office. He's like, ha 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 bubble boy, ha 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 and they're like, Al, come on out here and he's like, uh nah, just uh oh don't you know, uh leave the call call and field stands, move along and like just doesn't want to deal with it. That's how I pictured this going down up there. So yes. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that, that thought process. Uh, the other one that was bad, I thought was the, uh, the one that you mentioned, Ryan, that where Brian Flores flipped out, mm-hmm. um, in which they're like, we're going to review the spot. And they go and they spend like 15 minutes looking at the cameras and they're checking everything. And the guy comes back out. He's like, uh, yeah, upon further review, the runner's knee was down on the 47 yard line. We will now measure to see if it was a first down. It's like, what? Like, what did you, you can see where the freaking first down is on the camera. That review took like eight and a half minutes, I think, and, someone counted. But then, then after the play, they, they ended the third quarter a second time. What are we doing? It was such a long delay that ESPN didn't even go to commercial in between quarters because they had run out of all their normal commercials. And like, well, that was already- never pass up a chance to go to commercials. Like, our, just- um, our good buddy from back in the day at Fan House and also CBS Sports, Adam Gretz. Uh, who is a longtime Steelers ticket holder, tweeted this from the game, and it makes a ton of sense for people who are watching the football game and all this nonsense happens. It takes 10 minutes to sort out something that should take 10 seconds. He goes, it just takes the life out of the stadium. No one's paying attention. Everyone's bored out of their minds. They don't know what's going on. This seems like something you might want to fix if you're NFL. I mean, you talk they about won't. all this other stuff, but just, just sort this out. It's not, it's not difficult. But they won't. I, I think, I don't think they care. I think they're fine with it. Well, I told you what they care about. They care about one thing. By the you way, know, Mason, you know the craziest. What? I was to keep going with officiating. The craziest thing that happened all of tonight that had to do with officiating was that Mike Tomlin won a challenge. <laughs> Wilson is literally cheering right now. I don't think he had won a challenge since the 2016 season. He had lost 11 challenges in a row. Honest to God, I thought we would see Sean get married to someone on Tinder before we would see Mike Tomlin win a challenge. Uh, but he oh, came God. through, and it was a big one because it was a fourth and one, the one you guys were just talking about, which was – uh, challenge. That's why it got reviewed because Tomlin challenged it. I did see someone tweet that the last time Tomlin won a challenge, Obama was still president. So that's how long it's been. Wow. Look, that Sean, bringing politics into it. It's just a fact. It's just a normal fact. I'm not saying it was is that fun. real. The last time that Tomlin won a challenge, Obama was president. It makes yeah. sense. It was 2016. It must have been at the beginning of the 2016 season. That is a long ass time. Hey, he's not great at it. What are you going to do? Feels like 30 years. 
I'm going to go to his pro football reference. He, uh, yeah, check he, he had whiffed on 11 in a row. I'm not sure when the last win was, but he had lost Foster, 11 straight. Ramon Foster also suffered an injury. Yeah, he had a concussion. He was in concussion um, protocol, I believe. So he came out pretty early in that game of play. Yeah. Correctly. So the good news about this. By the, oh, go ahead. Let's get, let's, let's wrap up this chatter. His last challenge that he won, um, was January 9th, 2016. AJ McCarron completes a short pass to Giovanni Bernard. Bernard fumbles, recovered by Ryan Shazier. Shazier That's probably the playoff game, right? A hundred percent. challenge, the runner was down by contact ruling and the play was overturned. Shazier actually speared Gio Bernard on that play. I'm sure John remembers that. And there was a lot of conversation about whether that was legal or not. I don't think it was. Was that the Vontez Antonio Brown playoff? And Shazier didn't get called for a penalty, even though that is a penalty now because they changed it in the rule book. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. He won one more. Oh boy. Sean's not allowed to read anymore. December 2016. There was a pass intended for Sammy Watkins, Tyrod Taylor throwing it to At him. At the end of the year. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I was like, you moron. By uh, the way, one thing quickly, I just want to say this. Do okay. we still think that both teams are going to be winless when um, the Dolphins meet the Bengals? Oh, uh, 100%. Yes. No. I cannot wait for that game. I do not. I actually think the Dolphins. We, we have to fly down to Fort Lauderdale for that game and cover it. Bengals versus Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to win Sunday against the Jets. I just need to get that out. Okay. If they're winless, for instance, we absolutely have to. If sure. they're both winless. Coming up on the schedule for the Steelers, Colts and Rams at home. How, what are they going to do in those games, Ryan? We talked about this last night. Oh, no, they're getting one of those. I guarantee you. Who are they beating? They'll beat the Colts. They will beat the Colts. I hope not. I actually like the Colts to win the division, but go ahead. The, Col- the Colts are not – the Colts We just are- talked about yesterday about how they're scoring one – their record in one-score games. You called it problematic yourself, Ryan. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wouldn't be surprised – Look, if the Steelers, if the Steelers can go one and one of those games again, is this Browns, like your Jets Steelers, prognostication? <laughs> he, he finds a new team every single week that he latches onto. Right, I want to hear this. He's bluffing me. The Ravens have the Patriots, and then the Bengals, Texans, Rams, 49ers. It's not insane for the Ravens to go one and four in those games. Oh come on, Patriots, Texans, Rams, 49ers. How many, how many of those? How many of those winning? How many? How many of those are they winning? They can go two and two. There's five. They're going to beat the Bengals, obviously, because the Bengals are trash. All right. What's your Steelers pep talk? I'm telling you, I think here's my, here's my prediction. On December 1st, when the Steelers host the Browns and the Ravens host the 49ers, Mm -hmm. after those games, when we do the Sunday night show, the Steelers will be tied for first place in the division. Okay. Well, mark it down, Breach. Say that. Flip it. Save it. Are you guys going to bet something on it? No, I'm just going to shove in his face that Sunday night. Ryan's so it's gonna... only me and Breach that bet on things now? Yeah. Look, we got to move along. Cowards. I am clipping it and saving it, and I'd also like all our listeners to know that they can also log on Tuesday and see our midseason NFL predictions, and Brinson does have the Steelers finishing in second over the Browns. But he does not have them in first. That's fair. That's that's fine. I almost did that. The Browns suck. I think I did that. Both teams suck. I don't know how bad they're each going to be. All right. Uh, the Dolphins have the Jets at home at the Colts. Bills at home at the Browns. Any chance they win one of those? The Jets maybe, but probably not. Short week though, unfortunately. So if they're winless. If they're winless, we have to be on South Beach, all dressed as Santa Claus, but like where we hand out white claws. 
So I guess the boss. There's a good idea, Santa Claus idea there. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about some news. There's a bunch of trades. Offensive coordinator got fired. And we're going to run through the division to look at win totals. Little Wing is now streamed on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Vision Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Way, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Okay, news time. Man, a bunch of news happened. Um, first of, and first and foremost, the Chargers fired Kenny Wisenhunt. I like to think that if he was the headmaster of like a uh, prep school, they call him Kenny. Kenny. Kenny Shoal. Kenny Shoal used to be the uh, the dean of students at Macaulay. Maybe he is the dean of students now. Either way, um, Ken Wisenhunt, longtime coordinator, actually survived the head coaching change when Mike McCoy was fired and Anthony Lynn came on. He stayed there. Uh, Philip Rivers is a big fan. This year has not worked out well for them. Twenty third in terms of points scored at nineteen point six. Seventeenth in terms of yards. And when you look at the 2019 Chargers, clearly something wrong with them. Um, offensively, the last three weeks, or the last four weeks, if you want to do it, 13, 17, 20, and 17. That was against the Broncos, Steelers, Titans, and Bears. So some good defenses there, but the team went one and three in those games. They adjusted very poorly, Sean, to bringing back Melvin Gordon into the fold and frankly just looked uh, you know, like crap. The last three weeks, this is almost unheard of in terms of NFL. Uh, they, 35, 32, 39, 36. That's their rushing yard totals. Yeah. So I don't want to mount an impassioned defense of Ken Wisenhunt because it's not worth it. And, don't do that. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, but you know, when you mentioned the Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler thing, um, something that I agree with you on very clearly, um, I don't know if I should blame Wisenhunt or if I should blame the head coach because that could very well be an Anthony Lynn decision. If you listen to the comments Anthony Lynn made um, when Melvin Gordon came back, it made it sound like he was the one saying Melvin Gordon's going to be the starter and all that. And this is what I'll say. Um, the advanced metrics actually like the Chargers better than you know what they were scoring. You mentioned they were going up against good defenses. They came into the week ranked 14th in DVOA offensively. Um, and I'm not saying that's good, obviously, but they were one spot behind the Patriots, two spots behind the Lions, one spot ahead of the 49ers. And obviously no one's talking about the 49ers making some sort of change on their offensive coaching staff. So for me, the Chargers problems, I don't think come down to Ken Wisenhunt. I think they have much bigger problems. Again, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, he's scapegoated and this is, um, he, you know, he deserves to keep his job and all that because the Chargers have seriously underperformed on both sides of the ball. Uh, the point I'm trying to make though is that he is, he alone is not going to fix things. Um, getting rid of him is not going to solve the Chargers woes. They have far bigger problems than Ken Wisenhunt. Yeah, I think when you look at this, this is, 
firing Wizenhunt here would be like Wilson firing his barber. It just <laughs> this, is, this is not going to help anything. I just spit all over my computer screen. That's the best analogy that you've had That's yet. That's pretty good. Uh, but like Sean was saying, I hope like, you go bald. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's happening. It's, it's slowly happening, Wilson. By the time I'm your age, it's all going to be gone. And then and then we could laugh about this together. Uh, but I mean, Sean hit the nail on the head. I don't know that you can blame all of this on Wizenhunt. I feel like beginning of the season, the offense looked a lot better. They bring Melvin Gordon back. He, his holdout ends. And what we don't know is, did Anthony Lynn say, hey, we have to incorporate this guy in the offense because things were running pretty smoothly with just Austin Eckler out there. And, Brinson, you just mentioned those numbers. The Chargers are the first team since 1946 to go four straight games without hitting 40 yards rushing. So that is how bad it's been. And coincidentally, those are the four games where Melvin Gordon returned. So before that, they were do- they were just humming along just fine. All of a sudden, you shove the square peg of Melvin Gordon into the round hole, and it's just not working. So, you know, maybe you don't let go of Wisenhunt. Maybe you trade away Melvin Gordon and give Wisenhunt another shot. You know, that's probably the route I would have gone if I was running the Chargers. But I am not running the Chargers. I am doing a podcast with you guys. So Wisenhunt should have uh, just kept cutting his own hair because I'm my own barber, John. <laughs> Joke's on you. Um, by the way, uh, Ian Rappaport of NFL Media reports that the Chargers have not announced a new offensive coordinator. He's not reporting that. It's just a fact. But my understanding is that quarterback coach Shane Stitchin will call plays, though coach Anthony Lynn will be heavily involved and give input. Um, Rappaport adds, when Lynn did this with the Bills, it was impressive. I, I My initial reaction is no. My initial reaction is this – a lot has to go wrong in the second half season for, I think, Anthony Lynn to lose his job. But mm-hmm. if a lot does go wrong in the second half of the season, after he fires the offensive coordinator and he takes a bigger role in the offense, he's going to have no one to blame. So it almost feels like um, for his job security, it, it would have made sense not to fire Wizenhunt because then you have that scapegoat at the end of the year. Or it's, it's like how Dan Quinn fired all of his assistants in the offseason. Now we look at the defense and we say, that's Dan Quinn. Now if we look at the offense moving forward, I think we can all say, that's Anthony Lynn. Um, Anthony Lynn, by the way, in uh, it was 2016. Remember, Rex Ryan basically quit. And Anthony Lynn uh, took over as head coach, but he was OC before that. They had the number one rush defense or rush offense uh, in terms of yards, in terms of touchdowns, in terms of yards per attempt, and number two in terms of actual attempts. Um, passing, not quite so much. 30th in passing yards, 27th in passing touchdowns, 32nd in passing attempts. I'm just curious if he thinks that firing Ken Wisenhunt is going to magically, um, help the Chargers run the ball well, because I don't think that's going to do anything. And also I would, I would, um, add, uh, Greg Rosenthal of NFL Media and I have been talking about this on Twitter a little bit lately. I, there's, not nearly enough attention is being paid to the fact that Philip Rivers, a potential Hall of Fame quarterback who has played with the Chargers his entire career, was drafted by or well, traded to by the Chargers because people are dorks about it. Um, he, he's he's not under contract next year, and the Chargers are headed in a weird direction. And I don't that something. I something. I was going to ask you: Are you worried that Philip Rivers is kind of? I don't want to say washed, but their offensive line, their offensive line is trash. No, I, 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 you are the resident Philip Rivers fan. 
I mean, uh, I, and he doesn't look quite the same. And yes, maybe it's circumstances, but he doesn't look quite the same. I, I, I thought that um, through the first, I mean, four weeks of the season, Rivers looked awesome. And then through the last four weeks of the season, he's looked like hot trash. Sean, would you rather have Philip Rivers or Mitchell Trubisky? I'd rather have Philip Rivers. I love Philip Rivers. And, and you Brenton, give up a first round pick for Rivers right now to go to the Bears, right? No, because I think the Bears don't have it. You don't have a first round pick. That's right. Brenton, to your <laughs> point, I will say that I do feel like the quarterback contract situation that, and I'm going to include Tom Brady in this, oh. that they were talked about over the summer, like the Rivers thing a lot shorter. We'll say three days. The Brady thing probably about a week. And then everyone just stopped talking about him. Nobody talked about Brady's contract for eight weeks until it came up when they were uh, playing last week. But for the first eight weeks of the season, it was like everyone either ignored or forgot about the fact that little Brady is going to be a free agent in March. And the same thing with Rivers. So I, I feel like for some reason, no one's talking about either of these things. And, you know, Jason Lockenfora reported Sunday morning that, hey, Brady, if he does leave New England, could be eyeing a move out Chargers? to L.A. Yeah. And I, I'm not questioning JLC's reporting on that at all, but like Tom Brady would be a effing moron to go to the Chargers. Right. Hey, let's go somewhere where they have a terrible offensive line, nobody can stay healthy, and uh they don't ever win football games. Don't do that, Tom. Don't do that. Um like the Chargers can't even get past Bill Belichick to make it to the Super Bowl. You <laughs> think why would you go there? Uh I, I will say this though, that Ryan, what do you think? I pose this to JLC and maybe to Dubin. Steelers give up a 2020 second round pick for Philip Rivers. What are you smoking? No. You get it for eight weeks. That's all. He's an eight week rental. Try what? to make a Super Bowl run. No. A Did second round pick. Are you crazy? You replaced Mason Rudolph. He sucks. They got to figure out what they have in Mason Rudolph anyway. He's going to be a backup, but they got nothing. Rivers couldn't they get... got nothing in, in Mason Rudolph. They I just that. said they got a backup. You bring, you bring, you bring Rivers no, in. No. I mean, I thought you were going to say wide receiver or something. Like, okay, maybe I'll listen because Juju Smith-Schuster, he's the number two. He's not a number one. Trying Second round pick for Andy Dalton. Would you do it? Yes, I would do that, of course. I knew you would. Get the hell out of here. That's insulting. I got mad you. I will say this, though, about the Steelers. This is a totally sarcastic response to you, and Brenton got so right, mad. We're moving along. I don't want to hear about it. I want to say one more thing. In that. No, 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 you're done. Ten you don't seconds. get anything else. You don't get anything else. You know what you get? You what? get a big, fat uh, and we're like afraid to go for it. thing of Joe Flacco. We're now a two-and-six football team. And we're like afraid to go for it in a two minute drill. You know, like who cares if you give the ball back to the guys with a minute and 40 seconds left? They obviously got the field goal anyway. And once again, we're a two and six football team. And it just feels like we're kind of afraid to lose a game. Uh, it's third and five at the end of the game. Um, you know, it's who cares if they have a timeout there at the end or not? You know, getting in field goal range isn't that tough. Uh, you know, so you're just putting your defense in these bad situations. And um, I just felt like, what do we have to lose? Like, why can't we be aggressive in some of these situations? That's kind of how I feel about a lot of the game today. So shortly thereafter, Joe Flacco was ruled out from the week nine game with a neck injury. He is the um, snitch in mob movies who says, hey, come here. Let's go out for dinner. Walks around the corner, gets his brains blown out. That's Joe really? I got to tell you, I don't know what happened like, if Joe Flacco's on like a heavy dose of CBD now or something. He looks great. He kind of like, he's got like a lot of color to his face. His beard is fantastic. Hair looking sharp. Is, he's looking really handsome. Is CBD allowed by the NFL? No, so I hope he's not doing that. Maybe he's just <laughs> doing straight edibles. You can go uh, as Joe Flacco for Halloween. I mean, I'm jealous. Joe Flacco is a handsome fella right now. He looks like Clark Kent. 
He died in very Clark Kitchen. That's right. Um, so anyway, Joe Flacco, uh, made these comments. Those were after the game on, uh, Sunday night, uh, after the, the, uh, Broncos blew a, a game they should have won against the Colts, blew another close game. Joe Flacco said those things. He was quickly ruled out. I mean, very quickly ruled out. Brandon Allen in and, uh, how many snaps do you think Brandon Allen's taken in his NFL career? Uh, five, zero, zero, 11. Oh. Zero makes sense. Yeah, if you're the if you're John Elway, evaluating quarterbacks makes a ton of sense. Is Drew Locke Lock still on IR? Nope, can't come back yet. Still on IR. He refused to come off IR, is what I heard. I mean, do you do you really think Joe Flacco's hurt? By the way, well, they made I it think... sound, people sent out a bunch of tweets that made it sound like he was hurt. So it's a it's a pretty long con, if not. It's a weird. The timing's certainly curious. Schefter think... had one where he's like he he initially tweeted out it was like Joe Flacco has a herniated disc in his back. He was like, a hernia disc in his neck. A hernia neck. It's neck. Sorry, neck. Very important. I think it's one of those things where every NFL player has these injuries that don't show up on the injury report. And I'm sure there's something in his neck or his back or whatever that's probably bothered him at some point this year. And that was the reason they were able to list down. But I would assume Vic Fangio was not pleased with those comments, especially because they're coming from a, you know, bottom five, bottom 10 quarterback that Vic Fangio got stuck with. And I think. Please. Wasn't Flacco already there when he hired Fangio? Yeah, but I'm, my point being that Fangio didn't engineer the trade for Flacco. You're saying Fangio should have turned down the job? Fangio's been waiting decades for an NFL job. He wasn't going to turn down anyone that got offered to him. But, like, as a Bears fan who obviously had Fangio as the defensive but Fangio player, was hired first, so he signed off on it, man. Don't, don't, you don't know. No, John Elway's running the show wait, there. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's the hell out of here man. with this. Like giving Vic Fangio a pass. Vic Fangio's been horrible this year. He's the reason the Broncos are garbage. Their defense oh, sucks. No, get yes, out of here. 100%. Their defense stinks, and they can't win close games because he's wearing a fanny pack, running around the sidelines, doesn't know what he's doing in close games. Ryan, do you wanna, Ryan agrees with me. It's, it's the, more Fangio. The bigger problem in Denver is Flacco than Fangio. No way. And they have more problems than those two, but Fangio is not a bigger problem than Flacco. Yeah, Elway's number. Elway's number one. Yeah, well, that's that's fine. That's a different problem. He's the one no, Flacco and Fangio. Sean, whose fault was it more that they lost on Sunday to the Colts? Fangio or Flacco? Flacco. How many points did Fangio's defense give up? Fifteen. Uh, he's the head coach, so he's kind of responsible yeah, he's, for everything. And, you can't just he, say how much is because he's he's saddled with a terrible quarterback. But he's ultimately responsible for doing things like throwing passes on third and five. Yeah, because Flacco wants to know why they're not more aggressive. It's because they don't have an offensive line who can't protect a statue back there who's not a good quarterback. That's why they can't be aggressive. That is some Flacco slander. Brinson will not stand for that. This is just insane. Sean's just a a Fangio sycophant. Are you kidding me? I want Fangio to get fired and come back to Chicago. This is all falling into place. So that's not happening. Jeff Pagano's doing a great job, and you're keeping him around. I was talking about they're regressing, as you like to remind they're me. They're already regressed. Anyway, uh, all right, look, fly, the, the Broncos are done. The Broncos are trash. Let's move along. Um, Matt Ryan expected back after the bye. Do you expect Dan Quinn after back after the bye? Quick. Well, you played the clip yesterday from owner Arthur Blank. He seemed like he was ready to move on. I don't know what has to, has to happen in terms of the hamster wheel turning and, and change changes are coming, but – I wouldn't bring him back, but maybe he just doesn't want to upset the apple cart, as old people like to say. That's definitely something he would say. Oh, I say it all the time. 
you know, I don't like upsetting the apple cart, so we're going to let Dan coach nine more games. <laughs> Needs to flip I, I the apple cart over. Difference. Speaking of apple carts, if you like apple carts, you should build one at Home Depot. Um, Who doesn't love apple pie? That's nope. not has nothing to do with an apple cart. <laughs> Kyle Allen will start again this week. Is it the right move, Sean? If the move is about Cam not being completely healthy, then yes, because we said all the Titans. You try to win with him against the Titans, and you bring Cam back against the Panthers. Yeah, because don't judge him too much from playing terrible against the 49ers defense that's made every quarterback look terrible. You Kyle Allen's good enough to quarterback the team until Cam Newton is 100 percent ready. All right, that's all we need to hear. Let's move on to some trades. Uh, just real quick, Cam's been out for two months. That's all. All I wanted to say is that, like, it's week to week, and so you don't kind of think about how long he's been out. But after this week, he'll have been out for two months. That's about right for a list Frank injury, though. That's a foot That's... injury. It's... Dr. Branson. <laughs> it's, eight weeks. it's an eight-week injury. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was the first day of medical school, medical school right? That's right. You learned that at orientation. Just go to brofootballdoc.com and you can check it out. All right, let's go. Uh, trades to trades happened. Again, we will have a trade deadline podcast if enough stuff happens. Do not tweet us and ask if we're going to have an emergency Trent Williams podcast. We won't. We'll have Trent Williams gets, if Trent Williams gets traded, that is enough to create a trade deadline podcast, right? We agree on that, right? Who's he traded to? Cause if he traded the Bengals, then no. I would say if AJ Green is traded. Oh yeah. Cordy Glenn. Phil Rivers to the Steelers. Phil Rivers to the Steelers would be an emergency podcast. We will drop whatever we're doing and we will do an emergency podcast. And I will, it will be me teabagging you via video the entire time. Um, what is, all right. So this is a good question from Debo. Who is the worst player that could possibly be traded that would cause us to do a trade deadline? I got it. Podcast? I got it. Devontae Parker. Yeah. Devontae Parker. That's the answer. That's right. Uh, I would say CJ Beathard. That's a good name. If, if the Bears get a quarterback, I feel like that would warrant an emergency podcast. Yeah, he's if right. Ryan Pace right. gives up a draft pick for for a backup quarterback, I'm going to absolutely lose my. Be a backup quarterback. That's the thing. But yeah, wait a second. Yeah. Would this make more sense? A second round pick, which the Bears have for Philip Rivers. I don't want the trade for Philip Rivers. You said you love Philip Rivers. Yes, I don't. The Bears, as currently constructed, can't go in a playoff run right now. I don't care who's their quarterback. Okay. That makes more sense than Pittsburgh, in my mind. All right. Uh, the Cardinals acquired, this actually happened while I was recording with JLC. The Cardinals got Kenyon Drake. Um, and as we were sort of, it was sort of hard to unpack. It's like, why would the Cardinals do that? Turns out that Chase Edmonds is going to be out, quote, a few weeks. Uh, I don't, maybe that's from Adam Schefter. I'm not entirely sure. It's a conditional pick back to Miami. The interesting thing about this breach is that the pick is, I hope you know this. A seventh, sixth rounder? No, it's, it's one of the picks they got in the Josh Rosen trade. So they sent, so they ended up sending the fifth round pick. They got, that just seemed like Breach's wheelhouse. I like that you thought that he would just know that. Like you guys had some sort of like Vulcan mind meld going on and you just lobbed up an alley oop that he wasn't ready for. So this is really weird, but like, you know, Diva slacks me during the, during the show. And like he's like three times in the last 24 hours, he slacked me about something about Breach, like ask Breach this and Breach has answered it before he finished slack, like as a second. But he did it happen again during this show. If you and, turn around Breach's camera, he has a wall of monitors all looking at us, <laughs> all looking at everything. He knows what's going on. Don't act so surprised. It's like the Dark Knight Rises when yeah. Bruce Wayne's in there with Morgan Freeman. They have all the TVs up, guys. Um, but See so anyway, everything. they traded uh, they traded Josh Rosen to the to the Dolphins for a second and a fifth. 
this fifth comes back. So my thought process is this. The Dolphins are like, we got to get rid of Kenyon Drake. We want to get the highest pick back we can. They're regretting the Josh Rosen trade. So they ship Drake over there just to try and get something back and recoup something out of that trade. Make sense? Because it's probably going to be the first pick of the fifth round. I get it, but I mean, I mean, I mean, they have like 12 picks now. They have a hundred million and change and, and salary cap. It makes less sense from the Cardinals perspective. Yeah. Why are the Cardinals doing this? I, that's what I'm saying. I think Kimes doing, uh, Flores and, and, uh, Greer a favor. I'd love to see what the conditions are for moving this pick up from the sixth round to the fifth round because Kenyon Drake might only play one or two games before either David Johnson He's or Chase be a Edmonds. He's running back on Thursday. Well, right, on Thursday. But after that, two weeks from now, he might not see the field for the rest of the season. There's no way they're getting the conditional, meeting the conditions of the conditional pick. Brinson, let me ask you, are you worried? Do you own any David Johnson stock in fantasy? Zero, but I own a bunch of Chase Edmonds. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you about David Johnson. Does this make you worried more about – I know David Johnson's already not going to play the same I would, day. I would, I, would, I would be worried that David Johnson will be out for at least two weeks. Yeah, I mean, because I have a David Johnson on one of my teams, and the trade made me – I'm not worried about David Johnson. They've signed when he comes back. Zimmer, they've signed because, somebody else. They trade when David Johnson break. comes back, he's still going to be their guy, and, and he's also the kind of running back that he can be on the field with another running back at the same time. But my concern now is that this isn't just this Thursday he's out. He's going to be out another week and maybe another one after that. Um, the Cardinals schedule, by the way, so they have Thursday. Like the the concern for me is like if you miss th- – like Thursday's not a big deal because that's a four-day week. I get that. See, remember, their bye is week 12, and they play the 49ers twice in the next three weeks. I think they're just going to sit out David Johnson and Chase Edmonds to the bye. You might as well not even play David Johnson. Then. Right. Why, why would you play against the 49ers and get the crap kicked out of them? And you're at Tampa, so you got to fly all the way down to Tampa. I bet we don't see David Johnson or Chase Evans until week 13 against the Rams. And then coming out of the bye, they have three straight home games. They don't have to get on a plane. They don't have to travel. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think that's a crazy theory, Brinson. And then you just trot out Kenny Drake. You just get Kenny Drake get the crap kicked out of him against the 49ers. I, and I, do, I will want to say for the David Johnson owners, don't panic, especially if you're in a playoff position, because then that's setting up in the playoffs. He actually has some decent matchups. You got the Rams, Steelers, Browns, and then the Seahawks, which would be in most people's um, championship. And the Seahawks defensively right now um, simply aren't just any good. So I definitely wouldn't. Pay. I mean, it's not good news, obviously, but he's. It's funny because he emerged onto the scene as that guy who won people fantasy championships by exploding down the stretch, and that could potentially be that same thing late in the year. You could even be a trade target too. I guess people still have other trade deadlines, right? I mean, like go ahead and you know see what you can get from him. Um, Leonard Williams. The first ever Jets-Giants trade occurred on uh, whatever day it was, Monday. Leonard Williams traded from the Jets to the Giants. Of course, he was a former uh, number six overall pick by the Jets. My God, Mike McCagnan, Ryan, he was bad at drafting football players. 2015 and 2016 were terrible. Um, Jets are paying $4 million of the $6 million left on this year. He'll be an unrestricted free agent because this was his uh, fifth-year option. Two sacks in the last 18 games. I mean, what? It's a fourth rounder if he signs an extension with New York. What? What is Dave Gettleman doing, and, and where do you fall on this deal? Well, their defense is terrible, and um, Leonard Williams isn't a bad player, and I think it makes some sense in terms of just bolstering the the, the front the front four or the front three. I, I have no issue with it. I mean, the, the cost isn't prohibitive. If, if they don't like him, they can let him go. I, I'm fine with it. I mean, it's nothing that anyone should be super excited about. The the uh, Giants have plenty of other issues, mostly on the back end. Maybe they make a move for someone in the, in the secondary, but yeah, I'm fine with it. it. It's pretty 
meh, but that makes them a better team slightly. Sean? I, they need a – it doesn't make sense to me if they let them walk in free agency. And I know there's a condition attached to that trade, right? If they keep them, they have to give another pick. Because it doesn't make sense to me if they're just going to rent him because they're not a team that needs a rental because they're not going to make a playoff push this season. Uh, I, I agree with Ryan, though. I think he's a slightly underrated player at this point um, because of how high he was picked and because he hasn't gotten many sacks since his second season. And sacks is obviously the stat that most people look at when looks at defensive linemen. Um, according to Pro Football Focus, since 2016, he's actually third in the league in run stops, tied with Linval Joseph one spot behind Akeem Hicks and one spot ahead of Jarrell Casey. So I think he he's he's a good player. Um and I think they need to try to resign him. Um but the problem is is that he might want a decent amount of money or at the very least he might want a one year prove it type of contract. So I guess I will judge this deal when I see how they handle him in the offseason cuz I don't think a rental makes sense for them at all right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's it's weird to do the rental thing. Uh, Brees, you want anything on Leonard Williams? I would love to know if there was even a market here, or if the Giants just threw th- two draft picks in the Jets' face and said, hey, give us that guy uh, and get this deal done. Because it's just a little odd. You know, we were just saying it's the first time these two teams have ever pulled off a deal. Leonard Williams is about to be a free agent, so if they don't get a contract, this is just a very, very odd trade all the way around. doesn't mean it's bad. doesn't mean it's good. It's just everything about this is odd. Connor Hughes reported of uh, uh, New Jersey Advanced Media reported that there was a, not a robust market, and so it's like, eh, did you really need to give up a third round pick for him, and maybe a third and a fourth rounder? Like, if you give up a third and a fourth rounder for Leonard Williams, who you could have just signed in the open market, this eh, that's a that's a question. It is. It's like two. It's like almost too cheek to like bash Dave Gettleman. So I don't want to just dive in on it. You know, what I, I mean? was gonna criticize kind of the Jets. I mean, I think they got good return for this or whatever, but it is kind of funny that the Jets in the offseason were like big buyers going out getting CJ Mosley and obviously Le'Veon Bell. And now they are just selling off assets like crazy and like Robbie well, Anderson could be gone and just like all these. It's just like it goes to show again, like the teams that in the offseason are the winners because they get all these players. Uh, most of the time, I feel like it just it doesn't work out and they're not yeah, good. And, and different GMs, too. Like Mike McCagnan was obviously terrible at his job. I mean, like his 2015, 2016 draft classes, I think there's like one guy left or something like that. Um, okay. You know, we got, there are more names on the block. There's rumors about Josh Norman, OJ Howard, CJ Beathard, Trent Williams, but we can get all of those to, if they are eventually moved. Let's run through very quickly division odds and win totals. We're going to start in the NFC East. Um, let me know if you, if you like anything on these division odds, let me know. And if not, we'll discuss the uh, the division, the win totals first, where these teams kind of sit in terms of winning them. NFC East, Cowboys minus 130, Eagles plus 100, Giants 30 to 1, Redskins, uh, that is 500 to 1. 50,000, close. Um, nothing there really interests me. I would think about the Eagles. Yeah. I like yeah. getting them even money and, and looking at their schedule. I, I don't think it's that crazy to think – that they could end up winning this division. I mean, they just bashed a good Buffalo team. And then after they play the Patriots in week 11, well, let me just say this. They close the season with the Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Cowboys, Giants. So you take the Cowboys out of there, and it, or if you win that Cowboys game, that's 
five very, very, very winnable games. And then if you steal one from the Seahawks or Patriots, all of a sudden you're at 10, 11 wins. So I don't think it'd be crazy to see the Eagles win the division. Sean, you raise your hand. Did you have something? <laughs> I was scratching my hair. Okay. You don't have any hair, so that's a lie. <laughs> uh, moving along. By the way, I would point out that the, so the Eagles, uh, their win total was 10. They're four and four. Breach point out their easy schedule, but still getting to 10 is going to be really difficult at four and four. Cowboys at nine win, win total four and three are probably, probably going to get there. I would, I would think that they get there. Giants at six. They do get the, uh, Redskins and Dolphins and the Eagles twice. Um, they also have the Jets in week 10. So that, I think the Eagles can get, I, yeah. I guess I do have something to say. I will feel, I, I, I actually need to see what happens on Tuesday because I think their secondary is such a big issue, but it wouldn't surprise me. We, what was it the Mike Florio report that they have something fun planned or whatever? The Eagles. Um, yeah, the Eagles. So I would like to see what the Eagles do at the trade deadline because they, I think they seriously need to upgrade that secondary for me to take them seriously, um, over the Cowboys because if they don't do that, I don't think they can win the division. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. Um, and then the Redskins at one and seven, six wins, probably not going to do anything. NFC North odds, Packers minus 185. That is, whew, steep. Vikings plus 160. Ooh, I would have interest nice. in that, obviously. Uh, the Lions 25 to one and oh no, Bears at 33 to one. Better it's not 33,000 to one. Better chance Mr. Bisky wins MVP than the Bears win. <laughs> well, no, that's not true because Mr. Trubisky to win MVP is five million to one at this point. Mm-hmm. Single worst bet. There's nothing, nothing I regret more than attaching my name to. Like, hey, by the way, we moved the Mitch Trubisky line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you own it. You were clamoring you to see for it. on that. You hate to see it. Yeah. Um, this will Venmo you five bucks later, Ryan. Uh, Packers at nine wins coming into the season. They are seven and one. That is going to get, that is going over if you bet that. Good job by you. Bears at nine and a half, three and four. That is going way under, right? Bears are not winning nine games. We agree, Sean? Uh, yes. They got to win 10 to go over. So they need seven more. Yeah. Probably not. They'll probably end up with like six or seven. Do you think the seven. Bears will get the line six and a half? Ooh. I think Bears, will the Bears cross over the Lions win total of six and a half? Yes. I think the Bears get to seven. Okay. Okay. Uh, Vikings at nine wins before the season. They're six and two. They should get that as well. Lions at six and a half, three, three and one. You don't get the half for the one. Just so you know. <laughs> you don't get the half. They're not at three and a half. They're at three, unfortunately. So, so if they get three, three and ten, you lose. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> you would not get five, five half games. Um, NFC South, mm. Saints minus eight hundred, Panthers plus uh, five to one, Bucks twenty to one, Falcons two hundred to one. I have no, I, I'm no, nah, I wouldn't take the Panthers. They were six to one before the season, so why would I take them now? Um, Bucks are terrible. Saints ten and a half wins. They're going to go over that. They're seven and one. Falcons eight and a half wins. They're going way under that at one and seven. Panthers are a dog fight for seven and a half, and I got I got me and my buddies on that one big time. So. uh Please. I like them over on that. Yeah. I think so too. They need to win four more games, but it, I, I need to, I, I need to win here, guys. Real quick win. on the Falcons, because I don't know if we'll see any teams, because we're going through all of them that are like this, but they literally only have to lose one more game and they're under pays. So we're only going into week nine and the Falcons under is about to pay off. So that's pretty pathetic. That's a fireable offense. Yeah. I, I, I John, I have a bad news for you. It's probably not the only team we'll talk about like that, but we'll, we'll find out. If you get to week, if you get to week nine and you cash an NFL over under, 
that's a great feeling. Like you, should, like you took the Falcons under, you're feeling great. What Buc- do you think if you asked uh, Arthur Blank that in the press conference on Sunday night, how his <laughs> response may have changed? Hey Arthur, did you hammer the Falcons under? Because I did. Is that is that is that is that okay? Uh, Buccaneers six and a half wins. I think they're going over. Really? They they're a team that backdoors everything, and Jameis Winston will throw 50 interceptions this year, but he will throw 42 touchdowns. I feel like they're just going to find a way to do it. That was Brinson's Jameis rookie year prediction that he was going to throw 5,000 interceptions. Five thousand. I said 30 interceptions. He almost came. The, the, Jason Light called me out on that in a press conference too. He Good. said he, he used the quote 30 interceptions, but Jameis had like 25. Like f you, Jason. Um, and, and the Buccaneers still play the Falcons twice, so I mean that's ooh. that's helpful. Wait, when is one of those games? Oh, uh, one more thing I was going to point out on the Giants really quickly. This is kind of dumb, but I think that it warrants mentioning. For fantasy purposes, we talked about it on the on the podcast with Heath. I think they have the Dolphins and the Redskins in weeks fifteen and sixteen. Daniel Jones is probably a free agent in your fantasy league. Stash that dude on your bench. Mm. Grab Darius Slayton. That's the easiest possible schedule. Those guys are going to put up points in the fantasy playoffs. Nice. So if you if you need to fill something, grab one of those guys. You oh, got actual real good advice from Brunson. How about that? <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then trade for Philip Rivers. Okay, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was gonna look and see what uh what old uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Ooh one of their Falcons games week seventeen, unfortunate. Lions and Texans in the final two weeks of the season. So not great for uh for fantasy purposes. Texans is fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's true. The Texas defense is bad. NFC West forty niners minus one sixty five, Seahawks plus three twenty five, Rams plus three fifty, Cardinals fifty to one. I love the Seahawks. At 325? They're two games back already. Yeah. Hey, the problem is Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer. Those are the two big issues. Yeah. So if you can get over those, then I love it. But I don't – Just obviously... get over the coach and the play caller. No the, big deal. The, every week they say we have to coach better. Well, they haven't played the 49ers yet. That's a huge advantage. So, like, if they, go, they get the Buccaneers this week at home and then Monday Night Football in Week 10 at San Francisco. Now, we know San Francisco is good. But if Seattle can go and beat them. Their then, home field's not that great, though. Right. It's not but much they, of an advantage. If Seattle wins that game and they beat the Buccaneers this week, all of a sudden their odds would be like plus 150, I think. So if you like the Seahawks, now would be the time to take them. What about the Rams? But well, let me just say the flip side of all this is that the 49ers are 7-0. They still play the Cardinals twice. And I think we all think that they're a much more talented team than Arizona. So say they win those two games. They still play the Falcons. So now you're at 10 wins. And if they just steal two more wins, that's 12 and four. And, you know, that's going to be tough for the Seahawks or Rams. The Rams would have to go eight and one or seven and one the rest of the way to get to 12 and four. So it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot to ask. And by the way, the Seahawks defense that we've covered extensively is not very good. Uh, they almost lost to the Bengals at home, which is insane. They mm-hmm. did lose to the Saints at home. They almost, they should have lost to the Rams at home. And they, they like, and then they lost to the Ravens at home. Like, they could uh, be 0-4 at home right now. That's, I, that's wild. I do want to say though, I'm very thankful the Seahawks did that against the Bengals because it convinced John Breach that Andy Dalton might break the all-time or the single season passing yards record. Andy Dalton fourth in the NFL in passing yards. Yeah. A little it, precious Prince Patrick Mahomes. I was looking at that and then, if you look at his yards per attempt, and I think there's only like three quarterbacks who are worse than him. Disgust me. How oh, I- real quick about the Seahawks. Fun fact, because this is all they're known for is their home field advantage. They are 0-5 against the spread in their past five home games. 
Mm-hmm. You, you wow. um, you jinxed them, Breach, with the whole the automatic. Uh, yeah, with the with the September game against uh, the Saints. It's when uh, that's when he said the Saints had no chance to make the playoffs, as Brinson likes to say. All right, hold on. Let's keep moving. Win totals. Rams ten and a half wins. They're not getting to eleven at five and three, right? Mm-mm. Probably not. Seahawks six and two. Are the Seahawks six and two? Yeah. yeah. Way over, baby. Yeah, crush it. Why did we not hammer? Why didn't I hammer that over? We, we were talking it. all off. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's infuriating. The 49ers were eight, and they are eight. No, they've already hit it. Sean, big egg on your face. Yeah, big and elf. Cardinals. Wait, the, the 49ers are seven and zero. Seven and zero. Right. So I got to win two more games because eight would be a push. Fine, that's fine. I'll mail an egg to Sean's house. He can smash it on his face. <laughs> uh, Cardinals are three, four, and one. Their over is five and a half. That push hurts them. They got they got to play the Rams once. No, it's Rams twice, 49ers twice, and the Seahawks once in their remaining games. So that's going to be tough. Uh, the AFC East, there's no, no value here. Patriots are minus like 55, <laughs> one and 55. That's uh, value. I would take that. They're winning the division. You have to lay $5,500 to win 100. That's my favorite bet out of all I, it's, the bets. It's, though, it's free money. It's free money. <laughs> it's a free hundred dollars, but it's, you just might as well just deposit it in like a mutual fund. It's stupid. Yeah, give, I'm just give, saying, out of all the bets, you're gonna give a casino fifty fifty five hundred dollars to hold until January first, so you can go pick if up a hundred. Said, if you said you had to bet one of those, I would bet that one. Okay, well, you you go ask your parents for fifty five hundred bucks and tell them that you can take it to. It's <laughs> a one point eight percent return on your investment, Brenton. It's not bad. It's actually not bad considering it's uh, October thirtieth right now. Um, Patriots 8-0, and they, their win total is 11. They're going to hit that easily. Pretty surprising. The Bills are going to smash it. They're 5-2. and two. Theirs are 7. The Dolphins, uh, no wins. They're not getting to 5. And the Jets are not getting to 8 wins either, although we at least think they'll make a push for it. The AFC North, these odds could change based on what happened, but I don't think they'll swing too badly. The Ravens are minus 380 coming into Monday night. The Steelers are plus 550, Browns plus 550, and the Bengals are 500 to 1. Anything out there interest you, John? Breach, maybe? I mean, when I see 500 to 1, I do want to put everything in my bank account on it, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be that crazy guy that puts all my money on the Bengals. I will say, though, it is interesting that Steelers and Browns have the same odds here. And if I had to pick a team out of those two – that could win the division. I would, as crazy as it sounds, I'd probably go with the Browns. That is insane. Did you see the game Sunday? Did you see Freddie Kitchens? Did I see Baker Mayfield get picked off on a shovel pass? Yes. Yeah. I'm with Breach. I would, I would take the Browns over the, the Browns. Yes, I do. They do have the Broncos, Bills, Steelers, Dolphins, Steelers, Bengals, Cardinals, Ravens, Bengals. There's like one good team in there. Two words. Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. yeah. Wait, Freddie I was just going to say outhouse. Yeah, I forgot about it. That I made that great joke. I do want to point out wrapped all for over the, for the listeners. The, the Browns are definitely winning six of their last nine games or something like that. Zero percent nice. chance. Um, I do want to point out for the listeners who aren't looking at what we're looking at. Devo, who com- compiles the uh, rundown for us, has put all the teams' record, their win total, and then their, their actual record in parentheses. And he didn't buy the book for every single team except for the Bengals. He put LOL. You know, uh, you know what's so. going to hurt. You know what's going to hurt though. Uh, I actually did all that during the Monday Night Football game. No one believes you, though. So, uh, do, uh, Debo, Debo, tell him. Confirmed. Oh. Wow, yes! <laughs> oh, you know what? It's going to be the last laugh when the Bengals hit their over. 
There's no chance of that happening. They have a week nine bye. Then they play the Ravens. Oh, uh, here you they're go. They're going to be coming off that Patriots game. They're going to be so high. They're not going to. It's a trap game. They can You're beat so the high. Ravens. They're going to. It's going to be. No, you I'm just they're going to win seven football games. I think they're you want to go seven. double or nothing on on the bet breach. I think the Bengals are going to go two and fourteen. There you go. <laughs> what's the, the second win? Uh, they play the Dolphins and uh, the Jets. I thought, you, I thought you said, what's their effing win? I was like, Jesus, Sean. No, what's the second win? They Dolphins the, I can buy. They could beat the, the Jets. They play the Jets. They play the Browns twice. You Browns just said the Browns are the best te- second best team in that division. <laughs> have a chance to go to the playoffs. The you division remember? is horse manure. We definitely, we definitely said before the season that the Bengals were good value for like the first overall pick. And they're looking like it. Yes, I think I, you're going to lose to the Dolphins. Please thought we were just trolling him every single week, but we weren't trolling him. We just like, I think they're great value to win the division. Ben wins. <laughs> I never said such a thing, ever. All right, moving along. But uh, I'm gonna Browns, Browns nine wins, they're not getting there. They need to win eight of their last nine games to get there. It's not yeah. happening. Steelers nine wins, they're probably not getting oh, there. Did they get the right? Do it. No. no, they're not getting Are you crazy? You just saw um, Mason Rudolph, the first half. They're not doing that. A, a, a Browns or Steelers push at this point would be a miracle. You, you, would sign, for that. you sign that for the heartbeat. Uh, Ravens are five and two. They will more than likely get to their, uh, over their eight and a half. Bengals against six. LOL. Uh, the AFC South, Colts and Texans even at plus 140. The Jags are six to one. The Titans are seven to one. Anything? Breach, Jags. <laughs> Give me my Jags money, Brinson. Give me all my Jags money. Look. I don't actually hate that. They are four and four right now. Uh, if you give me a four and four team that's basically one and a half games out of first place, six to one odds. Are you kidding me? You're never going to get that from a team that's one and a half games out of first place. They play the Texans in London. You know who never loses in London? The Jacksonville Jaguars. And then they play the Colts. They can beat the Colts. So, I mean, the next two weeks are going to decide whether or not this is a good bet. So you'll find out pretty quickly if you do make this bet. But I, I do like this a lot because they have a lot of winnable games at the end of their schedule. They play the Bucks, Chargers, Raiders, Falcons. Uh, I, I think they're going to be in this playoff race, in the divisional race for the rest of the season. I don't know if they'll win it. But at 6-1, to one, I would absolutely take it. Mm, interesting. Mm. Um, just so you know, last year they lost to the Eagles 24-18 to 18 in London. Timeout. They won the three before that, but last year was when they almost started an international incident because they got drunk at a London pub, ran up a $64,000 tab, then walked Pound. out on it, and then 64,000-pound 64 pound tab. Then, like, five players got detained by British police. That was just a disaster. I don't know what was happening. Doug Marone lost control of the team, so I, I am not counting that game uh, in this Jacksonville's unbeatable in London streak. That's what I would do if I were you too. By the way, but all they always do the Jaguars games at nine thirty for some reason. Um, I, I do actually don't mind the Jaguars or Titans in this spot at like six to one or seven to one. If you wanted to splash on something, I would avoid it. Uh, I wouldn't take the Colts or Texans at plus one forty, just not great value. The Texans, uh, five and three, eight and a half wins. Are they gonna get that over? It's a dog fight. Yeah, JJ Watts done for the year. Deshaun Watson. They have Deshaun Watson. As long as Deshaun Watson's healthy, they're they're winning more than eight games. I agree with that. I don't know, but if, if you don't have a, any pass rush and your secondary sucks, uh, it's kind of tough. falling apart. Gary Deshaun, um, I called, I called breach Deshaun. Deshaun got kicked in the face, <laughs> threw a pass with one eye. You don't need a pass rush. You just need Deshaun and he you only need one out. eye, Deshaun. Here's the Texas schedule the rest of the way. 
at Jaguar or at Jaguars in London by at Ravens. Loss. Count the what? Ravens as a win? You're counting that as an automatic win, right? Get out of here, Wilson. Colts yeah. at home. You love Lamar. That could be a loss. Patriots at home. That could be a loss. Broncos at home. That's okay, win. Wilson, do your win. At Titans, <laughs> at Buccaneers, Titans at home. There's Titans will probably split with them. There's four wins in there. All right. I, yeah. But I'm saying There's no predicting the AFC South. I mean, and look, Deshaun's got to play. I, I want Deshaun to be healthy. But if he doesn't get healthy, not going to happen. And, and let me just say real quick, Brinson, you reading off that schedule actually makes me feel even better about betting the Jags because that is brutal with the Ravens, Colts, and Patriots all in a row. Breach, what are you going to do, though, when they – Jaguars have to play the Patriots four times the rest of the year. What are you going to do, though, when they start Nick Foles in three weeks? Oh, the Jags? Yeah. I'm off the bandwagon. I'm tearing up my ticket. I don't even care if they're still possible to win it. Do you guys notice? I feel like Breach always says Jags now and not the full name. Jaguars. announce the actual name. I've already said it twice on this podcast. I don't say it. I'm not going to say it every time. How do you say it? Jaguars. Nice. Okay. Well done. Breach is actually uh, Jags. The Jags are at eight. The eight win, eight eight wins was their total. They're four and four. Dogfight for them. Titans are four and four as well. Eight wins. Dogfight for them. Colts are cruising to their over seven and a half wins. Adjusted after the Andrew Luck thing. If you took nine and a half, you're you're not even that screwed. They might win ten games. Pretty easy schedule. AFC West. Chiefs minus four hundred. Raiders seven to one. Chargers seven to one. Broncos eighteen to one. Anything there interest anyone? It shouldn't. Don't take anything. The Broncos is the worst bet on the planet. 18 to 1, get out of here. Chargers suck. The Raiders aren't winning that division. The Raiders stink too. Um, Chiefs, 10 and a half wins. That's going to be tough. They're 5 and 3 right now. Vikings coming to town. We don't know what's happening with Mahomes. They can get there, but I think it's going to be tough. Uh, the Chargers is not happening. 9 and a half wins. 3 and 5 right now. Broncos, laugh riot. 7 wins. They're 2 and 6. Raiders is a real dogfight. I remember on this podcast, I took it live after the, during the Antonio Brown stuff. Um, Ryan, do the Raiders get seven wins this year? That's the thing. Out of everyone in this uh, uh, division, the Raiders are going to be the only team that has a chance to go over on their win totals. Uh, look, man, the Raiders are playing a lot better than anyone thought they would outside of yeah. Brenton, apparently. And they could have won a couple football games they lost in the last few weeks. I'll give John Green the benefit of the doubt and say they do get the win total. They, they do go over six and a half, but I mean, that, that's a moral victory for that organization after being truly terrible for however many years, discounting the one 12 and four season that we all remember. If you walk through their schedule, they beat the Broncos week one. They had, they, they had, they were up on the Chiefs in week two, manhandled by the Vikings in week three, beat the Colts in week four, beat the Bears in London in week five. We're in a really kind of a closer game than I think that people realize against the the Packers in Week Six uh, or Week Seven, and then had the had the Texans in Week Eight. By the way, their last home game September fifteenth. Yeah, I mean that's worth noting because we were crazy. Up clowning them for being away for four months to play football. Can I make my quick schedule pitch for the Chiefs hitting the over? Because um, I think if you they can lose two more games and still hit their over, and if you look at their schedule. I, assuming Mahomes comes back, let's say after the Vikings game, at least by then. Um, so they play the Vikings. I think we can say back very well, especially Mahomes is not playing. That's a loss. Titans, I think that's a win. At Chargers, I would like them to win that game. Raiders, I would like them to win. At New England, loss. Broncos, win. We were looking at that Bears game in Chicago as a tough game at the beginning of the year. Now I don't think that's a tough game. Win. And then they finish with the Chargers at home. So I think, if Mahomes comes back in the next two weeks, I think there's a chance 
they get to 11 wins. I think probably 10 is more likely, but I don't think the the, the over is dead there. Um, we haven't seen, I haven't seen, I don't see a line up for this. I think I saw Minnesota plus two and a half. I, if you, if you can find Minnesota plus, plus points, take the Vikings plus the points. Even if Mahomes is playing, like how, how is he going to be able to move? Like how healthy is everyone else on the Chiefs are really banged up right now besides Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they sure are. All right. Uh, okay. We flew through those. Good job, everybody. We got a couple of quick five star notes. Uh, Big West one one two four says my favorite podcast. Absolutely love this podcast. I listen every day as I travel for work. Will Brinson cracks me up so much, in fact, that my friends and I text each other after we listen with our quote favorite Brinson quote of the day. Keep up the great work, guys. Brinson, did you write that? Did you write that? That's weird. There's no question there. I just wanted to put that review in. Good job, uh, Big West. Thanks, buddy. Um, Rudinger sixty four. Says very factual, five stars. Thank you. Um, what do you guys think about Anthony Brown of the Cowboys for Solomon Thomas of the 49ers? I think what he means is, would you make that trade? Yeah, that's how I took it. How'd you take it? I don't, I, <laughs> I think there's only one interpretation of that. Well, I wanted to grab it. I wanted to grab it and put it in before the trade deadline, Ryan. You see. So. Okay. Even more reason to think that they were talking Ryan, about. What do you think about Anthony Brown? For, uh, yeah, I mean, Thomas. I guess the, the 49ers need some secondary help, and Solomon Thomas is sort of the odd man out on that front line, the former first-round pick. And uh, the the uh, Cowboys just got um, Michael Bennett, so maybe there's less of a need for Solomon Thomas. But, if you, I mean, if you're in dire need of defensive linemen, I guess it makes some sense, but it's not like the Cowboys don't need help in the secondary as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it'll happen, but certainly worth discussing. I don't think the 49ers would give up on Solomon Thomas that quick. That would be my take is that, like, if you trade Solomon Thomas for a uh, former six-round pick, even one who you know can help build your secondary, you're going to get blasted for it. And he doesn't, he doesn't play a lot. He's not. I mean, they that have uh, they have Brown, they have Armstead, they obviously have Bosa. And yeah, but like have, if Bosa gets dinged up, maybe you need Thomas to come in. Yeah, maybe. no, I understand. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, well, what if I'm Jerry not, Jones calls up and offers Anthony Brown and a fifth-round pick for Solomon Thomas? I there you go. Still think you're saying no. I feel like I'm not just messing with that defense. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. we talk about how they need help in the secondary. Hasn't really shown up yet so far. Like why would you mess with what they have? And Witherspoon's coming back in a few weeks. I I mean I personally really like Solomon Thomas coming out of Stanford. Um, clearly he hadn't played that well, but he's still 24 years old. So I, I'm not I'm not I'm not giving up on a 24 year old former third overall pick. It's just a bad look for the, it's a bad vibe. I'm not, don't mess, as my, as my buddy Garrett likes to say, don't mess with happy. Um, okay, finally, walking creeper, which, okay, uh, that's his, I have a podcast name. I'm 12. All right, cool. Thank you, walking creeper. And I listen to every podcast you guys do. If you were drafted in the NFL, what round would you go? In what round and by who? And what college would you go to? Love the podcast, Jonathan. I think people need to check their iTunes names or their Apple podcast names more often because you don't realize it until you do the review and then it's like Sean J Waggy sixty nine sixty nine sixty nine or something like that or like Johnny B Bad eighteen. What's wrong with that? Yeah, what's wrong with that, Brinson? Exactly. What's wrong with that? Check your iTunes name. Um, Okay, so uh, Ryan, we'll start with you because you're the you've been to college most recently when your when your kids went Um, and uh, what uh, what college would you go to? 
College It's got to be a college where they have athletics, not some rinky-dink school like William & Mary. Um, uh, what, uh, what, if you're drafting the NFL, what round would you go and where, what team would you want to play for? Perfect world. This is not like you, like I'm going to William and Mary and playing with Mike Tomlin. Like, we're, like you got, you got to, you got to pick your path. That is this is so a perfect world. So disrespectful for someone who's definitely going to say, I want to go play with Phil Rivers at NC State. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want to play. Uh, let's see. Like when I was, I grew up in North Carolina, as many of you know, some of you don't, I, Fantasize about going out west and playing sports. Like Stanford was my sort of big thing, so I would go yeah. to Stanford, the William Mary of of the north northwest Calif- uh, <laughs> northern California. Disgusting. <laughs> Stanford. Oh, you at the Cal? Cal's actually Cal would be number two, but um, if I knew Sean was gonna be there. So, and what Stanford, round? What team? Well, I mean, of the, <laughs> of the four of us, I'm definitely the best athlete. Wait, oh. Look at look at the if you can't see the look at the stain on all We have not torn our ACLs twice, Ryan. I was gonna say, what about your ugly knee history? Like, and and that's, be factoring that. You have to factor that in. Oh, so maybe maybe we should decide what round you go in. So I think yeah, like, like that, yeah, that makes more sense. There you're you basically go. Marcus Lattimore, so I'm thinking like six rounds. Like you've got like I was gonna say round four. I was gonna say four also. Four There's four. like worries about you know how his knee long term is gonna hold up, but if it stays healthy, you could see him you know having. Some and value. my four point oh grade point average makes you. Four. Gives you pause about whether I'm fully committed to the NFL. People, people call people call Ryan a coach's son. So you're a risky pick who's a speedster. You're definitely one of the Raiders. Yeah, what position is he playing? I think that's important too. Cornerback. Ryan's a cornerback like out of Stanford, going to play for the Raiders, drafting the Hey, I'm Richard round. Sherman. <laughs> you're basically, you're <laughs> a fifth round pick, right? Nice. I'll he also it. played receiver, so you gotta There you go. He's valid. We're, uh, um, I feel like I just have to say Cal, right? But if I just, wasn't going to Cal, it would be UW, um, because my sister played soccer there, there, and I grew up in Seattle. I, not to steal Breach's thunder here, and Breach, you can say kicker, but I think I would be coming out as a kicker, because I played soccer, and that's the only thing I can do in football that is halfway decent, is kick field goals. So I think I'd be a kicker, which probably means I'd go undrafted, unless the Buccaneers were interested in me, in which case I'd be a second round. Or player. the Raiders. So what team are you going to? Or the Bears. You might be a first-round pick by the Bears there right you. now. They don't have a first-round pick. The Bears draft him in the first round, and he, he pulls up the first triple doink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That would be amazing. You get no, no. You know, you know what actually happens is they draft me, and then they sign Carly Lloyd as just a free agent to give her a shot, and then she beats me out in training camp. No. They sign you. You have this miraculous first rookie season, the best rookie like year, rest year in rookie kicking history, and then you like completely whiff the ball on a on a on a kick to win a playoff game. Charlie Brown. Oh, I mean, for the record, I don't. And then, think, and then I, the holder rips off his helmet and is Jay Cutler, and he yanked the ball away right at the last second. That's my dream come true. But for the record, I think I would be. Ter- I think I'd be okay just kicking normally, but in pressure situations, I'd be terrible because I played soccer my whole life. I was terrible at PKs. It's it's it was too nerve wracking. It's it's so it's so hard. I don't think I could be able to make a like. Game on the line field goal. You so how did you it. become a college kicker? Kicker? Have you seen college kickers? They suck. Yeah, but they, at least like 10% of them. You're at a big college. You would have to come out of a small Cal's kickers usually field aren't that great. Uh, one Except of them's Georgia. NFL. Except Georgia. And, uh, two of them went to the NFL. My dad. I did not mean to Three of them were the NFL. Ryan Longwell went to uh, Cal. Uh, four of them were the NFL. Doug Bryan. I just named four Cal kickers that have been the NFL. Yeah, I'll, I'll and be you a- said they're terrible. Okay. All right, breach her up. <laughs> uh, I don't want to take Sean. I don't want to be the same position as him, so I'll be a punter. And I was gonna do. Damn it! 
almost like all of us are real athletes. Prince, you Why are you guys setting the bar forward. so low? Uh, you know what? Okay, fine. I'll be like, I'll be a wide receiver. There you go. And uh, slot guy. <laughs> if Julian Edelman can cut in the NFL, I, exactly. I I'll make it. I'll make it. And because Julian Edelman came out of a Mac school, I will also come out of a Mac school, Miami of Ohio. They've produced no, plenty of NFL talent. I can't. You can't go to your same school. You got to okay. pick a different school. All right, then I'll, where Antonio Brown go? Central Michigan. Where'd your dad go? I'll go to he went to Cal. So I'm not going to go to the same school as Sean. We can't come out in the same draft. Sean went to UW. You can go to Cal. I can't go to the same school. I'll go to Central Michigan. Breach, could you handle the pressure? <laughs> chose Central Michigan. Does your dad have records at Cal? Uh, I think he's like the third or fourth all-time leading scorer. Oh, these are all these good Cal kickers, right? Right. right. Um, could uh, could you and handle Cal the Boulder. pressure? Could you handle the pressure of being the second breach at Cal to kick? That's oh. a lot. Nobody wants that hanging over their head. I wouldn't. I would. That's why I'm a wide receiver in this instance. Nice. Mm. Not a kicker. Until I right, and uh, who I assume you'd be drafted by the Bengals. I mean, maybe I'd prefer. No, no he would be drafted by the Steelers. That's not that funny, be, Ryan. You know what's funny pick. is that thinking about this in my head is it's kind of like thinking like an NFL free agent. Where would you want to play? I'd actually prefer to be drafted by like an LA team or the Dolphins. I want to be somewhere warm uh, where I can spend my NFL money on a swimming pool outside and have like a waterfall and. Have a, a four story. I thought this through, so I want to be somewhere warm. That's where I don't care. You guys put me anywhere. Well, you want to be in California because of the taxes. Definitely. So Florida, I think, and the fires. Vegas. Give me, send me to the Vegas Raiders as soon as they move there. That's where I want to oh, go. That is a perfect fit. That's pretty good. All right. Um, what? Wait. What round do I go in, guys? Uh, Roger, you're, uh, oh. sixth round. Six no, no, no. He's a he's a third round compensatory pick. He's. <laughs> He's Julian Edelman. No, he's, he's in the supplemental draft because he got in, he got in trouble yeah. in college for doing something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's a major <laughs> supplemental all, draft for sure. Major, all, major a supplemental draft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go play. Uh, I always wanted to go to. I would, I'm like Ryan. I want to go to college out west at first. Uh, then instead of never leaving North Carolina. So I'll say. Um, You're gonna pick USC. What's that? Pick USC. No, I'm going to say UCLA. That's Whoa. Good... That's a Brinson. I could totally see Brinson. That's West Coast Brinson. I'm going to be yeah, a, you know uh, that is? I'm that's, uh, a little scat back. That's Brinson, back. Brinson, that's Brinson and Brentwood. They're running back? Brentwood. They're They're third down back, yeah. Third down back. Like, like Joe Bernard third down back or like Derek Watts third down back? I mean, what, what, I mean, what, do, you, what, what do you think I should play? I'm just trying to figure out what what's what's your what's the um biggest part of your game? Like what's what do you do best? Sneaky fast. I'm gonna catch the ball in the backfield. <laughs> or be, be, be a wide receiver. Like if we already took the wide receiver, I went last. Oh, you, you could be you could be the special teams ace. You'd be the Matthew Slater. Yeah, I'm sort of thinking like a um a uh, a West Coast <laughs> Ryan Switzer vibe here, maybe. <laughs> All right. I was gonna say like um like a like a Dan Swords and safety. Is that his name, Dan? Yeah, I was thinking like a slower inside linebacker. Uh, I'll, be a I'll be a safety. Safety works. Safety works. There you go. I'll be a safety. But not the guy from Tampa Bay that got stuck. I'll be a UCLA safety. Just Conti. He went to Cal. I'll be a UCLA yeah. safety who routinely gets like, caught in like creeping into the box and get tossed like burn over, <laughs> burn over top. <laughs> and uh, I'll be a uh, – what round am I going to uh, to the Seahawks? What round am You're I an in-the-box safety. Seahawks. Seahawks. 
Why why the Seahawks? Stay on the Legion way. of Boom. Legion of Brinson. Yeah. Yeah. You can be a you can be a fifth round pick. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Ryan. <laughs> I feel I feel like the Raiders might draft you too. So maybe uh, we're, we're we're teammates in Vegas. All right, I'll do that. Yeah. We, we oh, can room, we can room together at the Bellagio. Ryan, how long until they get suspended for uh, six months, Max? <laughs> six months. Yeah, that sounds that sounds optimistic. There's a major there's a major scandal involving I, I don't know if it's illegal, but it's like there's a major scandal involving something. I will say the headlines I think, two Raiders draft picks suspended before the first week of the season. I will say out of all of us, look, none of us are gonna be stars in the NFL. I think Ryan has the best chance to piece together that like long career as like the backup because he's willing to go along with the company line. Not offend anyone. You guys are getting in trouble. I'm just going to get way too frustrated and quit and give up. Um, Ryan's going to be in like a 15 year veteran making like a hundred million dollars and then go into broadcasting or something. Breach and I would be like doing a, like a podcast with Jamarcus Russell out of the Bellagio or something like that within like nine months. Sean, <laughs> Sean, will, Sean will be totally be Mike Vanderjack where he couldn't handle the, he had a good career going, couldn't handle the pressure, shanks a field goal by 17 yards in the playoffs and we never see him again. Great question from Jonathan. Um, if you, if you want to leave your, uh, five star review, we will answer anything you leave. Uh, remember, join our Facebook group. You can search, go to facebook.com, search pick six podcast and join there. Uh, I had to drive all freaking day on Sunday morning so I could answer questions, but I'll be back doing answer questions on Thursday. I'll try and jump in for waiver questions on Tuesday. I was just trying to go through and answer all the questions that are out there. I don't, I don't do a QA. I just try and jump in and answer the questions. That's my day. Okay. Whatever. But the trade deadline recap later on Tuesday, and then the Brady football, Brady Clinton football show will be on Wednesday morning. Thanks for listening. Fun times, guys. Talk to you soon. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.